0: This weekend, your Toronto FC are finally back in action, presumably with numbers on the backs of their shirts and in front of crowds and legitimate three points on the line. My name is Mitchell Tierney. And, you know, another MLS season starting. We certainly hear it Waking the Red Weekly. Hope it will be far more normal than the last few um, for the Reds, considering all the COVID restrictions that have loosened up around the globe. We'll chat about their season opener against FC Dallas, the new kit, Bob Bradley's thoughts on how his team is shaping up and plenty more. We'll also have an all-time guest on this week's show as former Canadian women's national team captain Amy Walsh will join us to discuss the Arnold Clark Cup, the state of the women's national team in general, maybe some CF Montreal, as well as they start their season and continue their Champions League campaign. But first, a man who has no less than 102 less caps. And Amy Walsh <laughs> for Canada. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs>
1: I want that on my tombstone, actually. You know, I didn't get as many caps on the national team as Amy Walsh. I think that, that'll that be a great way to open my uh, my OBIT. Um, crazy man, how are you doing, Mitch? It's been a it's been a busy week for both of us. Obviously, uh no Mike today. Um, he has been called to Toronto FC press conference duty. Um, no word yet, Mitch, on whether he's going to try and join us later in the show. I think that's the goal, but, uh, you know, we may, we may not see him today, but we'll certainly be hearing about what's going on at this Toronto presser. Um, any, any guesses as to what, what we're going to hear about?
0: Um, no, probably just the, the general, you know, opening season comments about the team and getting prepped for, for FC Dallas. I don't think there's going to be anything revelationary from this, I think someone will probably try and ask who the starting keeper is going to be. I think that's maybe the biggest <laughs> question going into game one. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yeah. whether we're getting that answer. Certainly not from Bob Bradley, but uh, yeah, I don't think there's nope. going to be anything anything crazy coming out of this. Um, but certainly we'll, we'll learn some stuff, and hopefully, like we said, Mike will be on at the end of the show um, to to let us know what he learned.
1: I mean, there should there should be a drinking game basically for every opening of the season press conference, as long as the coach says. We're going to play an attractive brand of attacking soccer, because that's pretty much every opening press conference ever. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, good times, good times. Busy, busy week. Uh, I've, we've been watching, obviously, the Arnold Clark Cup, uh, going into the the ultimate game of the round robin uh, tomorrow. So I'm very excited to hear what our guest has to say about the state of the Canadian women's national team. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, we buried the lead again. If, you, if you're looking at our new background, it's, it's a bit different. And uh, it it's representative of a certain uh, new Toronto FC away kit. Um, dubbed the community kit, uh, it's grey, it's white, mm-hmm. um, it's a bit harlequin. Uh, the general consensus across TFC land has been decidedly mixed. Um, obviously, uh, Mark Hinckley and myself we'll we'll be doing a special episode of this show where we we break down all the new two, uh, 2022 god that took a while to get out of my mouth all the new <laughs> 2022 kits um people are saying it's been a good year for mls kits I, I i disagree but that doesn't mean i dislike the tfc one because um it's it's a grower man what 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 are your thoughts on the kit I think
0: this is my take on almost every Toronto FC kit that isn't red. Like the fact that the logo isn't the same color. I know, I know that's a that's a difficult thing to do, and it's not mm. loved always in world football. But I'm always a huge fan of making the logo fit the kit in terms of the color scheme, and I think that would do wonders for this kit. Like the the red on the gray and white, it just. It just stands out in a way that I don't like, so that, that that would be my biggest gripe with the kit. Otherwise, I mean, it's okay, but it's it's certainly not up there in like my top five favorite TFC away kits. It's we all know nothing's touching the audience.
1: No, no, but I mean, at the according to the players, anything could could be could be worn except for the audience but, Yeah, but um, that was one point. No, I'm. I mean, listen, listen. It, we don't get a third kit, right? And that's when you go wacky. This is yeah. a, this is an away kit, so the badge being monochrome to match. That's th- that's third kit logic. So I can understand why they didn't do it. Um, it's also parlay kit logic uh, or parley kit logic because they can't afford more ocean garbage to make different colors when they when they release those things. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen mock-ups where the BMO logo is also in red and it's an eyesore and it hurts so uh, you know thank goodness for small miracles I think it's gonna look great on the on the squad as they uh, as they score six goals to the five that they concede every game so I, I I actually I'm actually well looking forward to it um I mean it, it can't be ignored that they're that they've raised the price yet again so you know before tax on a non-custom Uh, authentic kit you're looking at about 200 bones before you know like the better part of $200 so it's getting pretty expensive to be a a TFC uh, uh, kit nerd and and collect them all you know
0: yeah that's true I will say um, I think overall I like what Adidas did but I mean it was it was just the Portland Timbers kit like that literally was just like my wardrobe that they put into a, at least my summer wardrobe that they put into a kit so that mm. that kit is amazing and I love it so much and yeah, yeah it's
1: it's really nice I I'm uh, I'm reserving my my final grade to to when I actually see how it dances because I'm not sure yeah. what material they used and if it's see-through after like one drop of sweat then it's going to drop a, a bunch of grades right I have a feeling that the inter-miami pink kit is going to be entirely transparent after maybe 10 minutes of game action so you know that thing, that's got to be a knock on <laughs> on the know, design David, ethos
0: David mm-hmm. Beckham wore it snowboarding so it's got to be at least uh, somewhat uh,
1: <laughs> yeah but somewhat David Beckham now. had his sweat glands surgically removed so that he can take pictures at all in all climates uh, he doesn't true. have to worry that about that true. shit and <laughs> that stuff anymore whoops whoops um, <laughs> our guest is uh, our guest is here waiting in the wings just to let you know since you don't have access to that. Um, do you want to, you just, you just cue me when you want to bring her on, uh, unless you want to do like one little last hit on the rundown beforehand. No,
0: no, I think, uh, I think we're good to get to Amy Walsh here.
1: Awesome. So I'm going to bring Amy on. There she is. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Amy Walsh,
0: 102 caps for the Canadian women's national team, member of the Canadian soccer hall of fame. Now part of TSN's coverage of the, uh, Arnold Clark cup. And of course a sideline reporter for TSN 690 coverage of cf montreal how are you doing amy
2: i'm doing well i like that montreal there well done
0: <laughs> I, I did go uh, to school for french immersion so i have a little bit and took introductory french in university because i needed a credit and uh fooled the teacher into thinking i couldn't speak french at all so, so. <laughs> 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 um so, yeah a little, a little bit of french background, um, but yeah um you know canada through two games at the arnold clark cup top of the table um obviously beating germany for only the second time ever i believe and then a 1-1 draw with the hosts, uh england i guess just your general thoughts on the the team and their their performance so far
2: i think they've done really well and you priestman talked about you know everybody's getting for canada now and they they got the gold medal and that was the result they wanted they wanted to change the color of the medal after two consecutive bronze medals um and so they they secured that as a huge win for the women, but also I think for soccer in this country. And then with the success that the men have had during World Cup qualifying, I think soccer in Canada is in a fabulous position here with, uh, you know, signups and kids registered at an all time high as well. I think it just bodes well for the future just to note that off the top, but the, mm. the team has a few new faces. Um, boy, they haven't featured yet though in, um, uh, Boychuk, in Ali in the midfield um and i'm missing one more there's a there's another uncapped player in in canada thank you very much um goalkeeper but i I think she's just training but she's she's there in the roster which is great good good test for her and and good experience and uh bev priestman has also said that the team that won them that medal is perhaps not the team that it's going to take to have success in 2023 so Hmm. i think you see Echoes of that in in the personnel that she's using in not necessarily the the sweeping tactical changes because we're seeing pretty well the same tactics that they found success with. Um, But I think maybe you start to see that in World Cup qualifying maybe playing the tier two teams and to see how they the personnel stacks up, but also to see how they tinker with those tactics, but right now, I think. You know, I don't think anybody would have predicted that they would be top of the table in this tournament against the likes of Spain, Germany, mm-hmm. and, and England. And those other teams have looked really, really, really good. And uh, I think their biggest test is gonna be uh, tomorrow's game against Spain, who've looked really outstanding. Everybody knows how strong they are on the ball and in possession, um, you know? but I, But I think Canada and the way that they played a really sound transitional game in the first half in particular against Germany, um, if they can combine the second half against England with the first half against Germany and put Spain to the test, I think they have a chance to win this thing.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. You you scooped one of my two questions, which is what to expect from Spain tomorrow. So you made my decision for me. <laughs> uh, this is a long one. What What's different about this Canadian women's national team? Um, and how would you how would they compare to maybe the squads that you've played on, the squads that you've captained? Um and then just just to bring it all home, how has the women's game changed uh, over the last little while?
2: Well, to your first question, or I, I don't, I think that <laughs> we would have been crushed by this current squad. I think that we were
3: hmm.
2: highly athletic. I think that you know the wherewithal and the tactics and the understanding of the game was there, but skill wise and technique wise, I don't think those squads of of my heyday would have been able to compare with with the current squad. So there's that. I think, you know, the the Canadian mindset of of working hard, that blue collar um ethic, I think that remains with this team, but then they've layered on the technical prowess and they've they've layered on the more um you know refined play through the midfield. Right. So very much I was I was a ball winning player and my job was to do the grunt work, to do the slide tackles and the heading and the sweep up all the knockdowns and then pass it to somebody who would actually do something with it at the international <laughs> level. <laughs> um, and then uh, how the game has evolved, I think worldwide, you're seeing it particularly with with Spain with the advancement of the professional environment and yeah. having a league, um, a domestic league to, to grow in and to really deepen that player pool. And so the rest of the world is essentially catching up to the likes of the U.S. and and Germany, perhaps, even though they have a great domestic league themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's where Canada now, I, I feel like every soccer chat that I'm on always comes back to this. But it's one of my questions for later. Yeah. yeah, I'm ruining your podcast. Don't <laughs> no, don't worry.
1: <laughs> we do that we'll enough. I'll never hold yeah. Me yeah. On again. No, no, we do. We do it enough to ourselves. Don't worry. <laughs> no, but I think the to just to, to sum
2: up before we get to no questions that you have left. <laughs> but I think the evolution of the game is such that you you need to have that professional environment so that players are not just hitting the ground running once they get into. World Cup qualifying or uh, you know, high-level tournaments like this where they're tested against top-tier European opponents. But y- you you need that development and the investment in the women so that they can compete, so that they don't fall out of that elite. I mean you look at what they've done with the um, three consecutive podiums and and the gold medal. Those are they're they're rightfully at the top, but in order to stay there, then you need to have these players scatter after a tournament like this, and then before they rejoin. Uh, Bev and that you know the Canadian environment what are they doing in between yeah, yeah. and how can that level be be brought up so there, there's a myriad of things that have to come together but you know why why can't there be uh, a female CPL in, in Canada yeah. why, why is that not possible you know the way that um, La Liga has you know 16 teams and not every single men's team has sort of a partnership mm-hmm. with the women's program but that that's a good good place to start and you look at mexico and how canada fared down there in november in those friendlies yes they were trying a few things out but that's a mexican side that's that's coming along so you look at these world cup qualifiers the out and out winner it's it's not just for kind of the glory of of getting that gold medal you qualify for paris in 2024
3: absolutely and then the runners
2: the runner up and then the third place face off to go to the olympics So can Canada sort of punch up their, their world cup qualifying and their world cup performances to match how they, how well they've done in the Olympics, which is a, which is a thinned out field because only top, the top three Europeans make it. Um, And you have, you always sort of circle back or at least I do to the need for a domestic professional league.
1: Yeah. I caught you on the TSN. I can't remember what halftime show it was uh, sort of bigging up just how quickly spain has reached that level would you say that they're the gold standard for from starting from scratch and establishing a female domestic league in 2022
2: i would say so but i think um if i'm not mistaken i was just taking a look at it now it, i mean it's evolved since its its foundation or when mm-hmm. it was founded but it was not in 1988 oh so it's it's a yeah it, it would be, it, it, it's evolved since and i think that they um went on strike in 2019 if i'm not mistaken okay. uh, in order to ratify a cba to make it more professional but that it's it's existed in various shapes and forms since 1988.
1: oh wow so i did mean, not know that that is a fun go. fact yeah yeah that is a long way to go i mean the argument could be made that since 2019 it's an entirely different ball game but still they've had a a, a relatively long runway um, so, I mean, just off the top of your head, would you then say maybe what's happening down in Mexico with respect to the, the Liga MX, uh, feminine, I believe it's called, would you say that yeah, that would exactly. be the, the gold standard yeah. now?
2: Yes, I think so. Okay. Is, I mean, obviously the existing men's league. And so if we're going to, or the women are going to sort of hitch their way against to the, the existing franchises in the CPL. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's very brand new and I know it's, Fledgling and it has its own issues and problems, but um, I think that would be you know the way to go. And uh, and Mexico, like I said before, is is has always been a force. Has always been difficult for Canada to, and Canada's had success. Vietnam yeah, not yeah. in, in two thousand four, didn't qualify for the Olympics there. So when I was on the team in two thousand eight, and we went to Beijing, that was the first time Canada Canada women's soccer had qualified for an Olympic games. Um, so Mexico is always going to be that sort of thrown on yeah. our sides, and uh, and they're just getting better. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna just jump one more because I might as well. You said you had
3: so,
1: no well, I mean, <laughs> ch- ch- <laughs> you know you
2: got a whole raft of them. Yeah. So,
1: so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you pretty well directly. What do you think is the move here? Is it an NWSL team in Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal, or is it a domestic women's league affiliated with the CPL or entirely independent? What would you, if you pie in the sky, which one would you go for?
2: I think it's the latter. I think that if you go to NWSL, it's a good starting point. I don't think anybody should thumb their noses at, at, at that opportunity if it does come around. But but I think, and Diana Matheson is, has spoken about this, one NWSL franchise would offer you know a very select few the opportunity to play for their country and then also women in managerial positions maybe referees, support staff, game day ops, all that sort of thing, to Canadians, but specifically female Canadians. Yep, um, yep. Whereas a league, you, you not only fulfill sort of or, or tick that box, everybody's that expression, I hate it. But you know what I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of um, making it more wide open or a more vast opportunity for more people. But then you also touch back on what I was talking about with uh, Spain's league, you, you're able to really deepen that player pool. Yeah. So what you see now for the roster at this Arnold Clark Cup is is the very, it's the upper echelon of of elite soccer in this country. But then if you drop down to sort of tier two or tier three in terms of the players who are available at U Sports, at NCAA, uh, you know, toiling in, in Europe, uh, at you know or or various other places in the world or scandinavia a lot of players in in norway and sweden Mm
3: -hmm.
2: um i think those players after college or whatever they're doing if they don't get that shot at the national teams for some of them that means the end of their career Mm -hmm. and so a a league like this doesn't only mean a promotion um promoting these women and visibility for these women But it means that that pool then just becomes bigger, becomes deeper, and then Canada by default gets better because somebody just because you you're done college at 21 or 22, and you haven't been in the provincial systems or the youth national team systems, doesn't mean that your your the way that you're evolving as a player or your development as a player just stops. Yeah. You know, you look at Vanessa Gill as an example. Mm -hmm. you know she only started playing very late in her teens i think 16 and she's still coming along leaps and bounds
3: Mm -hmm.
2: she's she's fabulous uh defensively but then on the ball Mm -hmm. her evolution continues so if you just just to to finish up now so if you you give that opportunity you you create places for these women to play then the the sort of the sky is the limit for how far canada can then uh sort of take their performance on the international stage
0: well yeah i i mm -hmm. Go ahead. Well, Nash. I think you've seen I'm that on the about. men's, the men's side, right? Like the when Tronoff C came in 2007, yes, that was good for the men's national team and help, but you know, it things only really started to progress once they had the League 1 Ontario's and and even with right. the Canadian Premier League once that fully developed. Like I don't think it's a coincidence that the men's national team is finally up the yep. up the table now that uh, now that they have their own league and their own infrastructure there versus just the one team um, there for Canada, so I think it's exactly like you said, the the same thing on the the side as well. But yeah. just to just to go back to to the women's national team, you did mention um, this tournament in some ways is, is the start of a transition, certainly towards the the younger group and that sort of thing. And and one of the things we've seen um, certainly to indicate that is Jesse Fleming wearing the the armband for for one of the games. Um, how important was that as a moment for? not only the passing of the guard of the team, but also for her own development to, as a leader. And the fact that this is kind of Jesse Fleming's team now in, in some ways.
2: Yeah. I, I think you, you look at that gesture or what that meant for her and for the team, it takes sort of takes you back to Christine Sinclair, passing her the ball for the penalty. You know, it's mm-hmm. the same, maybe not the same sort of impact, but um, I think her recognition and her play at Chelsea and how she's toiled away there and, is now seeing way more minutes and she's in a professional environment. You see her impact immediately on that field. Yeah. And uh,
3: yeah.
2: so uh, Bev Priestman talked about that captain's group and, and it's more than the players that I'm just going to mention, but there's a rotation of the armband between Jesse Fleming and Desi Scott. And then we might see another player wear the armband tomorrow, but I think she spoke about it being rotated. So don't be surprised if there's a different captain tomorrow. Um, but no, she uh, Jesse Fleming is just somebody that, wants the ball and Bev Priestman has asked these players to be brave. And to me, she epitomizes that. She she yeah. wants the ball, she wants to do the the dirty work as well. I talked about the blue collar mentality before. She's mm-hmm. all over the place. Her timing is impe- impeccable on, yeah. on tackles. So she does all that stuff as well. And then uh, Quinn in that midfield, they have done a fabulous, fabulous job. That ball that they played in behind uh, oh. the German defense to Nichelle Prince. It with mm-hmm. with, the, with the right foot in behind that center back for the onrushing Prince. And then b- I was befuddled at the lack of a call there because that was a red ball, a red card <laughs> yeah. game. There yeah, were a yeah. lot of questionable decisions, but to, to, to come back to Quinn, uh, they've been a revelation in the midfield for yeah. me. So uh, mm-hmm. looking at that connection And Quinn playing from a deeper position, and also the good work that Desi Scott always does for Canada, um, in in that in that say number six position, the link play between Quinn and Fleming has looked really promising for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then, sorry, uh, on the like infrastructure um, side of things, Canada Soccer, of course, announcing this week the creation of the head of women's um, professional soccer position. I guess your thoughts on what that would mean and kind of the start that that would bring to you know, getting Canada up to par with the rest of the world in terms of uh, domestic professional soccer.
2: I think it's, it's, it's the right move. It's, it's long overdue. I think that this probably could have been done a number of cycles ago after the bronze in 2012, maybe after the bronze in 2016, but now it's, you know, nine months later after they won gold. So there's, um, I'm I'm going to complain first, and then I'm going to get to the positive. So I, <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm glad yeah. that it's there in, in principle. Um, great first step, uh, recognizing that it needs to be created. But now this position doesn't just need to be in name only. This position needs to be supported with um, the resources that yeah. this person, hopefully a woman, um, we'll need in order to to put these ideas and everything that's been talked about uh, into into action.
1: Yeah, that's very, very well said. One thing I was going to say, just, just to circle back to Jesse Fleming, it's very serendipitous that Chelsea realized they have a social media star on their hands at the same time. You know, it's, it's it's exclusively Jesse Fleming content coming out of that, that club right now. And, and I'm so, so, so here for it. Um, It's going to be, it's going to be interesting because this head of women's professional soccer position, do you imagine it's going to be more business based or more soccer based i mean from my my day job is in film and television and half of it is writing grant applications right we're lucky (laughs) we're blessed and cursed to live in a country that gives us so much government cheddar but it is a full-time job right and Mm -hmm. i would imagine someone in this environment needs to know the ins and outs of those grant applications because this thing isn't, you know, whatever happens isn't going to be entirely private money. That's that's not the Canadian way. So so I'm just wondering, do you think the position is better served by somebody on the business side or somebody on the soccer side or the unicorn that is perfect at both?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the idea would be the unicorn that combines both or has <laughs> mm-hmm. both in their resume. But I I suspect that the job, just what you alluded to with, you know, having to request grants and in order to get the money to do the job that you want to do. um, If you, if you click, you know, you, you follow the announcement for the, you know, the, not the appointment, but the creation of this position, Mm -hmm. the, the litany of um, objectives and um, (laughs) kind of things that this person needs in order to be hired is, -hmm. is very wide ranging. And to me, very kind of, bureaucratic. I don't know if that's even the right word. No, no, it's very, I I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to me that it's going to be heavy on that side. So how, how many hurdles are going to be placed in front of this person? And again, to go back to my original point, will they get the resources and the support in order to put these things in action? If they ever get through the red tape in order to create set objectives.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the real challenge, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Always. Perpetually. <laughs> yeah. well, Mitch. Before we let you go, I did want to uh,
0: chat some CFL mail because it's gonna be quite the busy day for you tomorrow. Actually, between uh, <laughs> now that the game has been has been delayed, you've got the the women's national team game against Spain, obviously, and then Montreal against the uh, Santos Yeah,
2: I don't even know if I'm gonna get back in time because I'm Fair. gonna be I'm traveling from Montreal to Toronto and then. You know the the big O as as it is is yeah. uh, you know putting the game there is their only option, and then with the roof that can't take much in terms of Mother Nature, you know the game's yeah. pushed to tomorrow. So um, I think few people were tweeting today that it gives Montreal um, another day to prepare, and then somebody else with their glass half full also said it also gives Santos one other day to rest. Mm-hmm. You know um uh, a side who's in season which cf yep. montreal did contend with quite well down in mexico so we'll see
1: agree yeah yeah I, it's going to be an interesting game i mean santos is kind of your ccl boogie team so it'll be uh you know you're gonna you're gonna come out the, the, those guys are gonna come out for it regardless of, of the venue um that's that's it for me mitch do you got do you got a wrap-up question
0: I guess just your thoughts on the probably one of our favorite signings of the off season, which, were I guess, it was a trade for for Alistair Johnson and what he'll bring to to this Montreal side. Because I think we're we're all quite excited to see that Montreal backline in general, the, just the fact that it's so close to the the Canadian men's national team one, and just the chemistry that that will build.
2: Yeah, for sure. So you know, with Waterman, Miller, and now Johnson coming in, uh, that's going to be pretty incredible to watch, and I'm sure John Herdman likes that a lot as well. Um, but then they signed Rudy Camacho, you know, contract talks broke down in the fall and that didn't look like he was done with CF Montreal and he's back in. And then Gabriele Corbo on loan from Bologna, sort of a more right footed guy who didn't have a great um, showing to me in the first game against Santos, but I think, you know, they believe that he can offer a whole lot more. Um, and uh, so with COVID, with this delay, I think Johnston maybe checks in and then uh, Kay Camera who has caused problems for, you know, his yeah. really like everyone, uh, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> MLS career. And now finally, yep. you know, he, he's, he's wearing CF Montreal colors and you were, you guys were talking about TFC kits. Did you guys see uh CF Montreal secondary kit?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I saw it a bunch of years earlier, but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we can, like yeah. we can talk. I mean, our, yeah. our kit's a bit of a, a bit of a disaster. So, so, you know, I, I am, I'm stepping on, on tenuous ground. But it's funny that you think that TFC fans don't – have. we haven't built shrines to Rudy Camacho. He's won <laughs> us a great many games over the years by yeah. consequence. So, yeah, yeah, secret agent Rudy and Camacho. And
2: uneven career and, you know, prone to the, to the outbursts or flying off the handle and
1: mm-hmm. ill-timed
2: red cards. But he had a really solid season last year for CF Montreal. So if he – if that's the Rudy Camacho that they signed, then – I'm here for it. And I think yeah. um Romel Kyoto yeah. scores that goal that that gets called back on the on <laughs> oh, the Heartbreaker. He dubi-
3: yeah.
2: oh, dubious decisions or just dubious officiating because I think a back pass yeah. that Santos played was then Kyoto was called offside, which is another 100%. mystery. Um yeah. so we can yeah. get into that. But I think I think CF Montreal, they need the two goals or also go straight to penalties. There's no extra time that'll be played. I think that they can do it. I think that they can come up with the two goals. I mean, they're always going to be in tough. Um, but if they can create the chances that they did um, last game and then maybe be a little bit more clinical in the finishing, um, I think I'll see a good result.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll close this out. That's Where so do you cool. think CF Montreal are going to end up in the standings this season?
2: I think they do it. I think they. I saw the predictions from the from the pundits. Uh, I think there's one writer who always has them finish dead last. But I think yep. overall the uh, the uh, the the sort of the prognosticating was was quite positive for CF Montreal, and I think rightfully so under uh, Wilfred Nancy, who's um, he's
3: I think amazing. really I well him.
2: respected uh, by his own players, which is most important. But I think now he's getting the respect that he deserves, sort of across the league. And uh, I think this team has the capacity to do it. So I think they'll. I think they'll maybe finish. Well, I'll say seventh or sixth, maybe best case scenario. I have them I higher. Make, I, you do. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. they make the
2: playoffs this year. I'll just say that to be safe. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I, I I don't I don't think there's a shadow of a doubt that they make the playoffs this year. And we probably get uh whatever the rules are now, two leg no-away goals or they have to lay on their head. Whatever whatever MLS decides the rules are for playoffs this year. I have a feeling that that the old rivalry will 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 manifest a new um, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much for agreeing yeah, to be on our you. show. We'd there love you. to have you back again uh, and good luck. Good luck on your, on your crazy busy day tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you, yeah. thank
2: you so much. And uh, hopefully Canada, <laughs> Canada women can, can win the tournament outright tomorrow. Not have to depend on how Germany and England finishes. it. they can just outright beat Spain, that would be great for this program. And, and in a absolutely. year that's kind of a rebuild since they missed that kind of COVID year in terms of the cycle and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. So. Wish that yeah. What luck is enough. time also anyway? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Right>? yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: I finally <laughs> have to
1: buy a calendar again, and I'm scared. But yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see you next time. Have have a good okay. one. And thanks again. Thank you guys. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. That was great. Absolutely yeah, wonderful. That was yeah, we awesome. got we got a comment here from from one of our favorites, Axis of Evil, and I mm. uh, he, he wrote the league has to make sense economically. It shouldn't be a substitute. It shouldn't be. A subsid- it shouldn't be subsidized, especially by the government. I kind of subtweeted him when I was talking to Amy just recently mm-hmm. because that doesn't exist in Canada. I mean, everything and we everything do is subsidized, subsidized us, by the yes. government. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that that's an unfair... Um, I, I think that that's an unfair metric to put on mm-hmm. any uh, any any brand new sports league, regardless of of, of the gender of it. I, I you know, especially in Canada. So so mm-hmm. y- this will be subsidized. It will be checking off boxes for how much it achieves culturally uh, across the provinces. That's just the way it works here, and the way it will always work. Um, and I, I I have no problem with that. I, I mean, you know, this is this is something that where the soft benefits or or the or the 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 term escapes me, but the but you know the the non fiscal benefits, where, whereas mm. what you're affecting you know the the neighborhoods and etc cetera, etc. Cetera, that that's something this league is going to bring in, bring in, in in droves. So so I mean what what better thing to get funded by by the Canadian government than than something that unifies the country and brings us all together, right? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah. The
0: men's leagues in this country have been getting some pretty dubious funding from the government yeah, for years. Exactly. So it's like, exactly why, why are we batting an eye at this yeah. right now? Why yeah,
1: exactly. Bad? Exactly. So back to the rundown, Mitch. Uh, yeah. Crescito rumors are heating up. You want to elaborate? Yeah. Um ports from Steve Buffery
0: out of and uh, out of Italy as well that uh, Domenico Crescito, the Genoa defender an Italian international, uh, will join Toronto sea in July, uh, presumably on the same private jet as Lorenzo Insigne. The uh, <laughs> 35-year-old uh, fullback mm. uh, can also play as a central defender. He's 266 appearances for Genoa. Obviously, mentioned the age that will be of concern for a lot of Toronto sea fans, but, and I'll mention yet, he doesn't have a uh, long injury history in his career. He's been one of those players who's been consistently able to to stay healthy. How old basketball. is he, 30, 35,
1: 35 presently? 35, or Yeah. Or, so yeah okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, as well, Toronto's back line now has a lot of youth in it as well. So I think, presuming they make this signing, it's a pretty ideal one where a lot of these young guys will get a chance to deputize under an Italian international fullback. He can play centre-back as well. I I think it's a pretty ideal signing to to round out uh, that, that back line, provided they make it.
1: So a couple of weeks ago, we were discussing about the need for that one veteran fullback to sort of balance out yeah. all these young guys that are all, are new converted modern attacking full, uh, fullbacks. Is this the guy? Is this the move? That's the guy.
0: I think so. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think this is the pedigree of player. Obviously, they have their MLS veteran in Shane O'Neill. They have their mm-hmm. stud center back in Carlos Salcedo um and -hmm. they have an up-and-coming canpl guy and lucas may so i feel like they fit all the with this hit all the profiles of yeah every every check yeah Yeah, absolutely absolutely
1: so sorted at center back and full back um what does that mean i mean uh, is our midfield thin because in in the system that we've seen paraded about in these preseasons there's not i mean there's not a lot of room for midfielders anymore there's like there's like three guys and that's it and and two of them are like locked-in starters, right? In, mm-hmm. And if you're putting pause in, in the midfield in, in some kind of formation, three of them are locked-in starters when they're healthy. So, you know, wh- what do you say to the concern going around TFC Live that we need to sign about 100,000 new midfielders before we're competitive? Because I think, I think that that's ambitious and maybe a bit short-sighted.
0: I think so too, especially considering the conversion of some of these players, of Jekyll Marshall, Ruti now playing as a as a fullback. Of same with Jacob Schaffelberg, and, mm. and also like this is one thing that probably merits a, a wider discussion as well. But uh, looking at Toronto FC's roster and the way they've done in preseason and and everything else, I think this team is just better set up this year in in so many ways. I agree. Um, they well, for one, they had a proper preseason where they were able to um, you know, not have to go into COVID lockdown halfway through, which which obviously was, was a rough start to to last season. But also, they have a, a very nice mix now of veteran players who can come around these young guys. I mean, we've heard the praises of Carlos Salcedo being rung out throughout, and we've seen it on the field in yeah. the preseason. That's one of the great things about 100%, watching season yeah. games without the, the crowds there is you can hear all the communication he's doing with the younger players, all the ways he's He's talking to those guys, and it goes into the midfield with Bradley. They've got Pozuelo up front, and they, and uh, I mean, not only are they getting, do they have these guys now? We have Insignia coming in, who, who's also a yeah. leadership character as well. Not only do they have those guys, they have the like better versions of them. Like, we all know what Paz was going through last year, yeah. we all know what these yeah. guys have been going through being Fair. away from home. In in a hotel room, like you're not getting the best versions of any of these guys. Now yep. they're hopefully going to be more settled. They're going to get to live their their home lives. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be so much better in terms of having these the, these veteran guys in there in, in solid shape to then bring a Jaquil Marshall Ruti under their wing and and help yep. them them develop. So I think they're in a much better shape than they were at the start of last season and i think they're in a much more conducive environment where some of these young guys are are going to get the opportunity to legitimately live up to their potential
1: 100 as opposed to just being thrown out gladiatorial style into the lion's den like they were over the last two years Mm -hmm. i'm remiss to say this but you know what it's starting to remind me of mitch 2017 off season 2017 everybody to a man in this club has a chip on their shoulder and it's the Mm -hmm. same chip Um, and that worked out pretty well for us. (laughs) So, uh, you know, if we even capture like a little bit of that fire, you know, Mm -hmm. a little bit of that, um, then, then, you know, hold on, hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I, 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 I think, um, sorry, I just got distracted because, one uh, axis of evil agrees with us. He, if our predictions on the formation come true, Kashida would be a perfect fit. Uh, I agree. Um, and then there are people that are still talking about Bala- Bellati. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to talk about Bellati. Um, we can't afford him, guys. We we have money, but but that would eat up all of our money. It's so obviously a play of his agent to get a better deal in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. You know let let's just let's just put this to rest the bilotti rumor is just that it's a rumor um i've heard no movement on it in months uh i just i just don't see it happening um an mls team can't i mean it's just unless unless we pull the blaze Matweedy and buy him liberty village and get away with it it's just it's just not happening and i don't i don't mm. think he wants to be here either so um nathan john we're yeah, four days I like away this comment, yeah, yeah do you feel that we're ready so much feels hinged on whether jmr shaft Jaden, can play and hold their own all season yes and no i mean i've i've maintained from the beginning this is going to be a tale of two seasons right we're going Mm -hmm. to get a relegation battle until july and then we're going to maybe pull a seattle sounders but you know i i do think that the definitive language about are we ready is 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 so ephemeral like you know the year, many years, our our fates hinged on whether Josie's hamstrings could perform, right? <laughs> so, so are we ready? Is just it's it, you know, are we ever ready? Uh, you know, the the season starts and then you find out, right? I you know, I think all of us would agree to a man. It doesn't feel like we're ready because. This has been the most insane offseason in the yeah. history of the club. <laughs> so, of course, yeah, it, it's saying something. Absolutely. Yeah. So, You've of course, it yet. doesn't. It doesn't feel ready. And and you know, until Lorenzo Insigne walks down that tunnel and and gets a DNA test, I still don't believe that we actually signed <laughs> him. So, so I, what? What do you say, Mitch? Do you think? Do you think we're ready, or do you think? I mean,
0: well, I think uh, I, I think that's almost a good thing. Like again, they do have those reinforcements coming in senior and reportedly appreciate as well like they will be coming and then you know that gives these young guys an opportunity to show what they can do it gives them a yeah. bit of a runway to you know there's almost no harm no foul if, if it works out then great you've got these young guys who are you know you can still fit into the lineup who are going yep. great and uh and who have all this if now. <laughs> and if it doesn't go then you have uh a Euro winning Italian international who can come in and just start ripping goals and uh, another Italian international who can fill in for one of them at fullback. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think it's, I think it's honestly a a not terrible scenario to be in, especially when you're recognizing that you're a rebuilding club. And um, yeah, I I do think a lot of the early parts of the season rely on those guys, but I think they, Have the potential to to do that, and we, you can only find out one way if they're if they're up to those standards, and that's by giving them these consistent minutes, not just one yeah. or two games here and there, but like giving them no. this real opportunity to go with it. And we saw what that did for Schaffelberg last season when he finally it got did. an opportunity to go play. He was probably one of Toronto's best players, if not their best player last season.
1: I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, we're getting uh miles is saying he prefers going in with lower expectations i mean the gallows humorist in me will agree with you it's a lot more fun to make jokes when you're crying inside um and he also says that there's lots of upside and i agree i mean mitch just just laid it out for us uh we're gonna find out a lot about this club in the Mm -hmm. until july we're gonna find out a lot of things that i think we've were long overdue to find out about um some of them will be great some of them won't be so great but at least we'll know and I yeah. think that that you really you really can't put that's priceless. I mean, it really is. And and who cares what predicated it? This needed to happen. It needs to happen. Let's let's make it happen. You know.
0: Yeah, and one of those players who unquestionably took a pretty big step backwards last year in Jaden Nelson. I mean, you want to mm-hmm. talk about the start of the season? This guy's yeah balking on the bench while all of his young teammates are getting it run out, and then never really got a chance until late in the season all kinds of praise about him coming out of TFC preseason. I mean, we saw some pretty good. Yeah. We saw some from him Um, and yeah, he was singled out as an example by Bob Bradley as a, as a young player who's really learned a lot in this preseason and has impressed the coach and is, is going to get an opportunity. And that's, that's exciting again, because Jaden Nelson's one of those players who we've all recognized the potential in for, for years and has been one of the most exciting prospects and has never quite been able to put that potential together at the professional level. And, yeah. Look, we all know development's not linear. Plenty of these guys mm-hmm. take a little bit longer to to develop than others, and um, that gets ruined by the Mbappe's of the world who just show up and are amazing
1: immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and we all expect yep.
0: every young player to be that now. Yep. But yeah, look, yep. yep. might be
1: taking we expect. A yeah, we expect every Tam signing to be Victor Vasquez in TFC, exactly, man, which yeah. is which <laughs> is complete insanity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you've got uh, TFC opening against FC Dallas here. Um, sure. Which is more a statement of fact, unless you want to talk about what what FC Dallas is bringing to the table. One is it a home yeah. or an away game? I don't I don't remember.
0: It is an away game, yeah. Uh, it is ah, in Dallas, nuts. Um, nuts. and <laughs> we we can talk a little bit. I, I think you're right. Like there's no sense previewing a game in depth when we haven't seen either team play like in, in a <laughs> competition in a while. But and yeah, FC the-
1: Dallas is also rebuilding because yeah, they, they very lost. Much, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: That's what I wanted to mention. Obviously, the uh, young team, young or new coach in uh, Nico Estevez, Ricardo Pepe, Claire you were alluding to there heading to Augsburg. Um, but they did add... US tearing U.S. it U.S. up. Yeah. Tearing it up in yeah. Augsburg. <laughs> <laughs> love, love that you got that shot in as well. Uh, did, oh, of course. They had uh, U.S. International, Paul Arreola, uh, Alan Velasco as well, uh, Argentine. Argentinian winger who will be mm-hmm. good and uh, Jesus Ferreira uh, signed as a young VP. That's that's their danger, man. Uh, the the center forward, um, the real Ricardo Pepe, um, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um yeah. But yeah, no. So so an interesting first game of the season, but that's probably all I have to mention on that. There's not there's not too much more um, other than maybe what what you want to see from Toronto FC in this game um, just to start the season, Jeff
1: um a continuation i, I want to see what we've been seeing in preseason which is the willingness to experiment obviously he's not going to change the entire 11 between halftime because you can't do that in a actual competitive game but uh um i'm looking forward to seeing i'm, I'm you know i listen to you for my cues it's been a couple of years now yeah. where i ask you who to look at uh so i'm going to be looking at jmr because i mm-hmm. know how excited you are about um his potential as an outside back as an attacking fullback. I'm going to try not to look at Schaff because he's been a bit invisible uh, cool. compared to the heights that he scaled at the tail end of last season. So I'd like to see him a bit more involved in the attack. But I do think perhaps he's concentrating a little more, a little bit more on his defensive responsibilities right now, which can't be a bad thing. And then eventually, maybe he'll put it all together and just, and just kick ass. So, so I'm going to be looking at JMR. Um, I'm definitely going to be looking at Salcedo because he's such a fun player to watch, yeah. and he's so comfortable on the ball. And like uh, um, our guest last week, uh, uh, Grossi said, you know, he just looks, he just exudes that confidence. On yeah, the ball. that was a and, great and quote. It's, <laughs> it's a great quote. Head, yeah. It's yeah. a great, great, great quote because you know, there's, there's been two really good quotes uh, that I've been recycling endlessly. That the Grossi quote, and one that KJ said about the um, the U.S. Canadian game where he said, you know, it's such a gift when you get that dagger with about 10, 15 minutes left in the game. So you get to celebrate the second goal, know you're going to win, and then just enjoy that 10, 15 minutes before you get to celebrate the actual win and, and just how perfect it is for as, as a spectator sport. And he's so right. He's so right. I mean, think of MLS Cup 2017, right? We knew it was over um, with Victor's, uh, with Victor's uh, genital goal. And, uh, and that, and, and we got to enjoy 10, 15 minutes of just endless chanting, knowing that when that final whistle did, the whole place was going to explode again. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see that. Um, I'd like to see, you know, I'm of the mind that, that, uh, Jesus, is it Jesus or Jesus? Is it Jesus Jimenez or Jesus Jimenez? I think it's Jesus Jimenez, but okay, I'm going to say, Jesus. It, I, yeah. I'm of the mind. It, I'm it, of the mind it that considering it's Spanish. Yeah, I'm of the mind that 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 Jesus, Him and his goal was entirely deliberate and there was no accidents whatsoever. So I'd like to see more of that. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe get on his bike, score, score his actual competitive debut as a bicycle mm-hmm. kick or a scorpion <laughs> kick. Just 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 to make us love him even more. Um yeah, what what are you looking what are you looking out for?
0: I think you you touched on almost all of them. Uh, well yeah, I talked for five <laughs> yeah, minutes. <straight>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. Um yeah, between Salcedo and Enjy Macharuki and and obviously the the new signing up top, uh, Jesus Jimenez or Jesus Jimenez, whichever we'll, we'll, we'll be corrected on it. And I'm I'm confident it's Jesus Jimenez. It's La A. It's Jesus yeah. La A, man. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice.
1: Um,
0: that that's certainly in it for me. I I do want to see the midfield as well as midfield. We barely ever saw operate at, at uh a high level, and we saw some yeah. really nice stuff between po- like Pozuelo and Osorio. Have always had a special connection, and as Osorio gets better and better as a player, like that connection developed any, even more. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what that that midfield brings this season because I think uh, I think there's a lot of talent in there, and I think that with the guys around them, it's going to be so much more fun to watch this year. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, those are those are a couple of things, and again, all of the young guys like like Schaffelberg's opportunity to to play fullback, which he struggled at a little bit in in the last mm-hmm. preseason game we were able to see, but. Uh, that as well and uh baden nelson if if he gets in um his his ability up top i think there's there's a lot to be excited about and a lot to watch for in this this early part uh, of the tfc season who gets the start and goal i i have a sneaky feeling it's gonna be bones um so do i i I don't really have a concrete reason behind that i just it just maybe maybe it's just left over from last year where bones kind of inexplicably got, got all the yeah, starts, yeah. All the yeah. starts. Yeah, yeah 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 but I do I do hope and I do think Bob Bradley's gonna be much more fair in his his goalkeeping distribution this season like if if a guy's struggling like he's he's legitimately gonna flip between the two whereas you know obviously yeah. there was the the weird scenario where Bonham seemed like he could do no wrong last year I assume, under Chris Harmus, at least
1: I mean the goalkeeping situation at LFC was was atrocious forever uh, you know, they, they, they went through keepers like nobody's business. So mm-hmm. uh, I expect him to be a bit more brutal than, than yeah. we've seen over, especially over the last year uh, as to, as to who starts, who knows, honestly, mm-hmm. who knows yeah. I, I I'm, I'm the same as you. I'd like to see new boy start. I, I can't pronounce his last <laughs> name, Rangising. but I, yeah, yeah. I'd like, I'd like to see, uh, how did you say it? randasing Greg Randissing. Singh. Ranjit Singh. I'm gonna have yeah. to practice that in front of the mirror. Um, I, I absolutely. I, I, think he deserves to get some starts. Absolutely. If not, hold down the, the fort at TFC too. He's, he's a quality keeper. Again, very small sample size. <laughs> yeah, but I was say you, know, you know, you know I, yeah. yeah, I. know, you know, he's my favorite. He's the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Um Okay, let's talk about. Uh, did we talk enough about the new kit? I think we did. I
0: think we, we did. Yeah. So let, let's talk Caden Chung because that—that's one thing we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, mm-hmm. John Molinaro reporting that that's a done deal. Twenty-three-year-old fullback uh, who won the PL last year with Pacific FC will join his. Uh, Toronto FC teammate or now Toronto FC teammate Lucas Magnoton, former Pacific mm-hmm. teammate. Um technically a free agent signing, although apparently there's something being worked on between TFC and Pacific to have some kind of placement yeah. for him. Yeah, they're uh,
1: there I, I... Yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I've heard rumblings of it as well, but I don't know the full specifics of it. Mm. And I don't want to, I don't want to dumb it down to something weird, like FIFA mandated solidarity payment yeah. shenanigans, but, but yeah. it is, it's something along those lines and it's not nothing. I mean, yeah. you know, the CPL is operated a, at a budget much, much lower than the MLS side. So every little bit helps. Absolutely, um, And, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, Pacific made some mistakes in terms of their, in terms of their signing as evidenced by their cupboards being rated bare by, by Forge FC and, and TFC. And I, I'm sure they'll learn from their mistakes, but it's nice to know that the club is going to get something for Caden Chung. Cause he's a, mm-hmm. he's a quality fullback. Um, Speedy. Uh, he can score. I mean, we've seen it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he can score bangers. Uh, yeah. I think he's, I think he's a great addition and I'm, I'm happy it happened.
0: Yeah. again, like, what's funny is we were talking about uh, i've been talking on the the show for a while about like whichever whichever canadian team figures out first that there's like quality to be had in their own backyard never expected so it to be tfc never in a million years <laughs> thought it was going to be toronto fc yeah yep, i thought it yep. was going to be vancouver for sure or yeah. or montreal um, but yeah, never in a million years thought it would be Toronto FC, but I think they've done a, a really good job of getting two of the better players in, in the Canadian Premier League into their system. And I hope yeah. long may this continue because like I said, not only is this good for Canadian soccer, it's good for TFC if they can. It's great for TFC. These guys and, yeah. and pr- proof of concept, getting these guys some minutes because yeah, there's some really good players in the Canadian Premier League that are a- absolutely MLS quality.
1: Absolutely. It bodes so well to the future. I mean, the CPL had to suffer in, pretty majorly off off the back of this pandemic with respect to mm-hmm. what they could or couldn't do and the minutes allowed to players. So to see them get their, their, their deserved comeuppance and be able to jump up a level, despite all the shenanigans that, that they've had to endure, it bodes well because once we're back to a certain level of, of normalcy, I expect there to be a much huger throughfare between the CPL to MLS and, yeah. and, you know, this is this is the first generation. Well, I mean, Joel Waterman was the first generation, but this is the secondish generation. Yeah, and
0: I, I mean, if you want to, you want a commercial for what the quality of the Canadian Premier League has gotten to at this point. Like, I know, yeah, that game against Cruz Azul. Like, look. Mm-hmm. That that is legitimately one of the better teams in the region, and they were able to yeah. at, at very least give them a test. And and there was an early part in that game where there were some moments where I was like, oh my goodness, they might yeah. not
1: win this. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I, I missed Babouli like crazy. Oh yeah, I really yeah. really did. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, certainly uh,
0: an example of of how far this league has come. Um, mm-hmm. we've we've touched on it a little bit, and and we might be rehashing stuff here. But Jeff, which player are you most excited about this season?
3: hmm hmm
0: i think jmr yeah i mean i, I think we can just agree on that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean i've learned i've learned not to not to not to to counter your your shouts when when you're like i'm really high on this guy i'm like i'm gonna do exactly what mitch says because that makes me look really 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 smart so i'm gonna say i'm gonna agree with you and say jmr um but you know just to circle back i want to see what mcnaughton and chung do I really yeah. I really want to see how they how they integrate into MLS. I, I I want to see um you know what what they can do at this so-called higher level, especially mm-hmm. at the top of the season, because there's so many teams that are that are going through some serious rebuilds. So the there there is an opportunity for them to sort of establish themselves as as real ballers at the outset. So I mean it's all positive. Other, you know, people people want to want to get negative about the fact that we have like five players. We don't have five players anymore. We don't have a ton of players, but let's remember this is major league soccer and and we're not fielding like a, like a B team that can compete in Europe during the week. Like it's just, that's just not the reality here. And uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's coming fast. It's coming thick and fast. So we're, we're going to find out really quickly all these things we've been asking questions about for the last couple of months.
0: Yeah. I think you'll you'll have to forgive me a bit of a hipster pick, but uh, Lorenzo Insigne, I'm kind of excited <laughs> to,
1: uh, <laughs> to watch. Who, who's in. that? Who's yeah. that? Sounds sounds uh, Italian. Smaller, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the uh, another guy I'm really le- legitimately excited to watch this year when he returns from injury is is Io Akinola. Yeah, um, yeah. When he's been healthy, has been scoring quite a lot in in MLS action, and you know, there's a lot of talk, obviously, about the departed Josie and and his fight for getting on that u.s world cup roster provided they make it mm-hmm. io is going to be in a fight for the canadian men's national team roster yeah he's obviously been sitting on the sidelines for a while but you know he's got so much motivation this season yeah. like he's got so much reason to to really have a an incredible campaign and he's got yeah. now now finally he's got guys around in vitu pozzuelo and Insigne and, and um you know jaquil marciauti and, and Schaff on the wings like the the service he's going to get is going to be so much better and yeah, I think this is a guy who's who could potentially have an unbelievable season and is very much the the forgotten member just because he's been so hurt for so long.
1: Do we have a timeline when he's gonna come back? The last I heard was April was. was yeah, I think
0: April, early May, um okay. as a as a consistent one. I think uh yeah, I think most of the time I Kind of push it towards a later with with Toronto. Yeah, he yeah. If they're, saying, he, if they're saying if they're saying
1: early May, then it's May. Yeah. Don't like don't don't yeah. leave. Just leave April blank. It's May, yeah. everybody.
0: Okay. So he won't he have a long runway certainly to get himself back in a in a Canadian men's national team at at any stage. He sure but, won't. Um, yeah. Again, that's but he's got that carrot there that uh, that he can yep. go for. So um, yeah, he's a player that that I'm super excited to to watch for.
1: Yeah, Matt Doyle at MLS HQ has him down for twenty goals. Twenty goals, uh, double-digit assists if he can stay healthy.
0: Okay, so, well, he's
1: Mat- Matty Doyle yeah. is very high on, on, yeah, on yeah. Io I
0: mean, he's higher yeah. on I.O. than I am, but I like I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Honestly, like what, nope. the, what, nope. what we've seen from Io Akinola, like this is a good, good player, and his international situation, like we said, is is now is now secure. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't have that distraction anymore. This is a guy who uh maybe more than anyone might benefit from from what has done this off season. So absolutely.
1: Um, and we and yeah. we we spent we we our contract reflects the the faith we have in him, in mm-hmm. the player, yeah. I think. So so all signs point to yes and absolutely yeah. um very much yeah. looking forward to seeing what he can do. All right, let's finish up
0: with our our predictions here, Jeff. Um I don't I don't even know if I need a spot from you. I just need playoffs, no playoffs and uh I guess we'll, we'll do the cups as well.
1: Oh, I think we're making the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I think we're probably going to win the can champ because we need to, because I want champions league back. And <laughs> I think every, I think every new player, there's some buried somewhere in their contract is a, is a UC, uh, uh, a UCL, uh, an SCL, uh, yeah. uh, uh, bonus. Uh, if there's a UCL bonus, then TFC needs <laughs> new lawyer. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think can champ getting into the playoffs. Um, I think we might do some serious damage. I mean, I think we might pull a Sounders 2016 all the way to MLS Cup. So I'm just gonna say it. I I think we might we might do a treble this year, or at least a, oh, at least a double. <laughs> geez <laughs> yeah uh, i mean maybe not a treble because of our because of our lack of goal scores until <laughs> yeah. the summer so yeah so at least were, at least a, a yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah at least the yeah. doable i, I don't yeah. think we're winning the supporters shield that All won't right. be that yeah. ambitious yeah 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 but anyway um, what what's your what's your prediction
0: I, th- I think they're i think they're a playoff team um i, I think they're they're mm-hmm. a playoff team i don't want to go beyond that I, I think i think i'm gonna say vancouver still has an edge on them in the in the um, Canadian Championship, I know. I know picking Vancouver in the Canadian Championship is like the dumbest prediction you can make. That's like yeah, the least yeah. playoff series. Yeah, no, uh, no,
1: they're not. They're but... not going to make it past the CPL side. That's yeah, yeah. The point. yeah, yeah,
0: but but yeah, I uh, I think they're a minimum a playoff team. and I think we'll see. I, I think my my baseline prediction is that Toronto City is going to be so much more fun to watch this year. Like they're just going to be a fun. I team I, to watch. I absolutely gonna agree with that. I, we're going to yeah, we're going to yeah. come on this show with many more smiles this season not that we yeah. don't have laughs at the <laughs> at how rough they were last year but i think i think we're just gonna have a lot more uh, a lot more fun yeah uh, on the show this yeah year.
1: absolutely absolutely yeah. i i think the nicknames for all the new players are going to be fantastic that's that's yeah. something i can definitely <laughs> get behind anyway awesome. take us out i'm I'm ready to go on on the closer here so
0: sweet yeah uh, that does bring us to the end of uh, this edition of the show a huge thank you to amy walsh for joining us that was an incredible
1: humongous
0: yeah, what a great incredible chat um Always honored by people like that who are willing to take the, the time to talk to the, the two of us. Uh, <laughs>
1: what did we do?
3: <laughs> I know.
0: Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I also realized recently that we passed a milestone that I wanted to acknowledge, which is um, that we have 200 episodes in total on the Footy Talks feed.
3: Oh, wow. Neat. Um,
0: which is pretty cool. I mean, some of those are yeah. some random live panels that we've had nothing to do with, but uh, some of them are, a lot of them are also the Footy Talks podcast, uh, Footy Talks with Mitchell Tierney, and then, of course, 82. Mm-hmm. Two episodes of uh waking the red weekly or 81 if, and a teaser, 81, 81, sure. yeah, 81, 81 81 and a teaser, teaser. 81 and nah, a teaser, it's like yeah. the
1: derby it's like the derby thing you guys can't yeah, you should here, not yeah. be in charge of naming <laughs> issues some <laughs> you gotta hire somebody else right like yeah, your yeah. your your inclination is is just yeah. terrible your naming convention leaves much yeah. to be desired anyway 80, here 81 we go in a movie um yeah 81 in a movie absolutely uh, yeah, reference but, very good yeah. reference
0: but thank you uh, to everyone who's obviously supported me and us. Uh, Listen to an absurd amount of hours of us discussing soccer, most of which has been with Ollie Platt in some form <laughs> of <especially laughs> the early episodes. But uh, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, it really does does mean the world to, to us. So, on behalf of Jeffrey P. Nesker and, and Michael Singh, I suppose, as well, uh, wherever mm-hmm. he is in the, the press conference right now, <laughs> I'm Mitchell yep. Tierney. Until next Tuesday.
1: And I lost it. <laughs>